The Red Wheelbarrow by William Carlos Williams. So much depends upon a red wheelbarrow glazed with rain water beside the white chickens. Welcome to the Eyes of Byron, a monthly conversation about education and a few other things. Hello, Byram Hills community. Welcome to the Ides of Byram with our April episode. For Poetry Month, we are featuring poems being read by our esteemed teachers here at the high school. We have a number of teachers from different subject matters reading poems that either stand out to them for uh, personal reasons, favorite poems, or poems that they thought would sound great in a podcast like this. We've had so much fun hosting the Ides of Byram this year. We have two more episodes left after this one, and please enjoy the poetry from the teachers here at Byram Hills. One of my favorite poems since childhood, it's called An Old Woman of the Rose by Padraig Colum. It reminds me of the country life in the west of Ireland, and it's always touched my heart. Oh, to have a little house, to own the hearth and stool and all, the heaped up sods against the fire, the pile of turf against the wall, to have a clock with weights and chains and pendulum swinging up and down, a dresser filled with shining delf, speckled in white and blue and brown. I could be busy all the day, clearing and sweeping hearth and floor, and fixing on their shelf again my white and blue and speckled store. I could be quiet there at night, beside the fire and by myself, sure of a bed and a loaf to leave, the ticking clock and the shining delf. Ach, but I'm weary of mist and dark, and roads where there's never house or bush, and tired I am of bog and road, and the crying wind and the lonesome hush. And I'm praying to God on high, and I'm praying him night and day, for a little house, a house of my own, out of the winds and the rain's way. Today by Billy Collins. If ever there were a spring day so perfect, so uplifted by a warm intermittent breeze that it made you want to throw open all the windows in the house and unlatch the door to the canary's cage, indeed rip the little door from its jam, a day when the cool brick paths and the garden bursting with peonies seemed so etched in sunlight that you felt like taking a hammer to the glass paperweight on the living room end table, releasing the inhabitants from their snow-covered cottage so they could walk out holding hands and squinting into this larger dome of blue and white. Well, today is just that kind of day. I love Billy Collins. I think his poems are wonderful and the between it becoming spring now and hopefully people starting to be able to get out more with the vaccines from the pandemic. Um, I just look forward to all of us being released from our snow covered cottages and walking out holding hands again.
El Salvador by Javier Zamora Salvador, if I return on a summer day, so humid my thumb will clean your beard of salt, and if I touch your volcanic face, kiss your pumice breath, please don't let cops say he's gangster. Don't let gangsters say he's wrong barrio. Your barrio stain you with pollen. Every day, cops and gangsters pick at you with their metallic beaks, and presidents, guilty. Dad swears he'll never return. Mom wants to see her mom, and in the news, black bags, more and more of us leave. Parents say, don't go, you have tattoos. It's the law, you don't know what law means there. But what do they know? We don't have green cards. Grandparents say, nothing happens here. Cousin says, here it's worse. Don't come. You could be... Stupid Salvador. You see our black bags, our empty homes, our fear to say, the war has never stopped. And still you lie and say, I'm fine, I'm fine. But if I don't brush Abuelita's hair, wash her pots and pans, I cry. Tonight, how I wish you made it easier to love you, Salvador. Make it easier to never have to risk our lives. I chose this poem. I wanted to share it uh, for several reasons. One is that it's by a modern-day poet, and also I think it is a really great exploration of a current issue nowadays. Thank you. What Was Said to the Rose by Jalal al-Din Rumi What was said to the rose that made it open was said to me here in my chest. What was told the cypress that made it strong and straight. What was whispered the jasmine so it is what it is. Whatever made sugar cane sweet Whatever was said to the inhabitants of the town of Shigil in Turkestan that makes them so handsome. Whatever lets the pomegranate flower blush like a human face, that is being said to me now. I blush. Whatever put eloquence in language, that's happening here. The great warehouse doors open I fill with gratitude, chewing a piece of sugarcane, in love with the one to whom every that belongs. Spring by Edna St. Vincent Millay to what purpose, April, do you return again? Beauty is not enough. You can no longer quiet me with the redness of little leaves opening stickily. I know what I know. The sun is hot on my neck as I observe the spikes of the crocus. The smell of the earth is good. It is apparent that there is no death, but what does that signify? Not only underground are the brains of men eaten by maggots. Life in itself is nothing an empty cup, a flight of uncarpeted stairs. 
It is not enough that yearly, down this hill, April comes like an idiot, babbling and strewing flowers. This is a poem called A House Called Tomorrow by Alberto Rios. You are not 15 or 12 or 17. You are a hundred wild centuries and 15 bringing with you in every breath and in every step, everyone who has come before you, all the yous that you have been, the mothers of your mother, the fathers of your father. If someone in your family tree was trouble, a hundred were not. The bad do not win, not finally, no matter how loud they are. We simply would not be here if that were so. You are made fundamentally from the good. With this knowledge, you never march alone. You are the breaking news of the century. You are the good who has come forward. Through it all, even if so many days feel otherwise. But think, when you as a child learned to speak, it's not that you didn't know words. It's that from the centuries, you knew so many, and it's hard to choose the words that will be your own. From those centuries, we human beings bring with us the simple solutions and songs, the river bridges and star charts and song harmonies, all in service to a simple idea that we can make a house called tomorrow. What we bring finally into the new day, every day, is ourselves. And that's all we need to start. That's everything we require to keep going. Look back only for as long as you must, then go forward into the history you will make. Be good, then better. Write books, cure disease, make us proud, make yourself proud. And those who came before you, when you hear thunder, hear it as their applause. The woods are lovely, dark and deep, but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep. Morning, Byram Hills. This is Mrs. Salvato, and I'll be reading a humorous poem, The Tiger Who Wore White Gloves by Gwendolyn Brooks. There once was a tiger, terrible and tough, who said I don't think tigers are stylish enough. They put on only orange and stripes of fierce black. Fine and fancy fashion is what they mostly lack. Even though they proudly speak most loudly so that the jungle shakes and every eye awakes, even though they slither hither and thither in such a wild way that few may care to stay, to be tough just isn't enough. These things, the tiger said, and growled and tossed his head and rushed to the jungle fair for something fine to wear. Then what a hoot and yell upon the jungle fell. The rhinoceros rasped, the elephant gasped. By all that sainted, said wolf and fainted. The crocodile cried, the lion sighed, the leopard sneered, the jaguar jeered. The antelope shouted, the panther pouted. Everyone screamed, we never dreamed that ever could be in history a tiger who loves to wear white gloves. White gloves are for girls with manners and curls and dresses and hats and bow ribbons. That's the way it always was and rightly so because 
It's nature's nice decree that tiger folk should be not dainty but daring and wisely wearing what's fierce as the face, not whiteness and lace. They shamed him and shamed him till none could have blamed him when at last with a sigh and a saddened eye and in spite of his love, he took off each glove and agreed this was meant all to prevail, each tiger content with its lashing tail and satisfied with his strong striped hide. They Ask Me Why I Teach by Glenice Harmon. They ask me why I teach and I reply, where could I find more splendid company? There sits a statesman, strong, unbiased, wise, another later Webster, silver-tongued, and there a doctor whose quick, steady hand can mend a bone or stem the lifeblood's flow. A builder sits beside him, upward rise the arches of that church he builds wherein that minister will speak the word of God and lead a stumbling soul to touch the Christ. And all about a lesser gathering of farmers, merchants, teachers, laborers, men who work and build and vote and plan and pray into a great tomorrow. And I say, I may not see the church or hear the word or eat the food their hands will grow, and yet I may. And later I may say, I knew the lad, and he was strong or weak or kind or proud or bold or gay. I knew him once, but then he was a boy. They ask me why I teach, and I reply, where could I find more splendid company? Put Something In by Shel Silverstein. Draw a crazy picture, write a nutty poem, sing a mumble gumble song, whistle through your comb, do a loony goony dance, cross the kitchen floor, put something silly in the world, that ain't been there before. Here's a little bit of Byram Hill's trivia. The name of the high school yearbook, Arch, comes from the poem Ulysses by Alfred Lord Tennyson. Why did the founders of the yearbook take their inspiration from a Victorian-era poem about an ancient Greek king? I don't know the answer, but I'd be very interested if anyone in the Byram Hills community does. Anyway, the poem is a dramatic monologue of an adventurer yearning to continue his travels. And maybe that's all we need to know. Here are the lines that are reprinted in almost every issue of The Arch since Volume 1 in 1969. They usually appear on the closing page. I am a part of all that I have met. Yet all experience is an arch where through gleams that untraveled world whose margin fades forever and forever when I move. The Summer Day by Mary Oliver Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. 
the one who has flung herself out of the grass, the one who is eating sugar out of my hand, who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down, who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? been listening to an episode of the Ides of Byram. A special thank you to the teachers who volunteered to read poetry for this month's podcast. For a list of the poems and the readers, please see the podcast description.